As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's something called beautiful fear. You know your potential so much that it scares you. We know that we have a gift. And when you're on that track of sharing that gift, it is scary as hell. But if it does not scare you, you are not thinking big enough. So I encourage and urge every entrepreneur to get your room. Because when you get your room, like you call the shots. You don't have to worry about because I'm black, I can't get this or because. No. When it's your room, you can get whatever you want. Hey, what's up, world? It's your girl, Pinky Cole. CEO and owner of Slutty Vegan ATL, and you are tuned in to Dreams and Drive. Hey, this is Raina Campbell, your chief dream driver, and welcome to the No Parking Podcast, where through conversations and discussions with creators like yourself, we'll find interesting approaches to help you take your dreams out of park, put them in drive, and ride towards success. Hey, Dream Drivers, welcome to episode 204, and I'm so excited for you all to hear from our guest this week, Pinky Cole. Pinky is going to take us on the road to Slutty Vegan, which is her wildly popular plant-based fast food concept that she launched only a year ago. And in just one year, the brand has taken off in ways that she could have never imagined. But you know what? The thing about Pinky's story is that she's been putting in work. Pinky opens up about how she went from working as a TV producer in Hollywood on shows like Maury and Ayanna Fix My Life to then opening her own restaurant and just all the whirlwind that led her to where she is today. So Pinky's going to get real about what we dream drivers can do to stop letting things hold us back and how we can start maximizing our greatness. We're going to talk about all things success, including writing momentum, believing in yourself, creating your own opportunities, and of course, the personal challenges that we all can successfully navigate as we put our dreams into gear. So if you guys are enjoying this episode, I'm going to ask that you please share with a friend. I love it when you guys are screenshotting and posting the Instagram stories, text it to someone, email it to someone. Just share this with one person that you think will be inspired by Pinky's story. Make sure that you're also following us. We are Dreams and Drive across the board on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please make sure the next time you're logged in that you're following us and use the hashtag Dreams and Drive when you're sharing as well. If you want to join our weekly newsletter, The Keys, you can just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash join. That's dreamsanddrive.com slash join. And if you want to check out the Dreams and Drive shop, just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash shop. All right, let's hear from Pinky. So, Pinky, like, what would you say? I know you're a Jamaican-American, right? Like, were you born in Jamaica or um, 
were you your parents Jamaican? So I was born in the womb of a Jamaican. Okay. Um, and I lived in Jamaica briefly when I was little. Both of my parents are Caribbean. My mom came to the States when she was 17 and my dad came when he was 22. Okay. Growing up in a household with a mother who is a Rastafarian was definitely a different experience. So even though I was in the States, my entire household is Jamaican. So I learned like all the cool like lessons about being Caribbean. And you're familiar with it because you're Jamaican too. So you know how it goes. So, you know, life for me was a lot different than the typical American. (laughs) What, What do you think was inspiring you as a child? Um, the fact that my father went to prison the day that I was born, um, and growing up in a single parent household, watching my mother work four jobs every single day to support us and to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Um, and I think what that taught me is it taught me about hard work. It taught me about not begging anybody for anything. It also taught me how to be prideful. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, as a Jamaican, we're very prideful, but it just really taught me that um anything that you want in this life you got to work hard for it and don't ask for any handouts and I'm glad I got that from my mom and even my dad yeah I was gonna say like do you do you feel like not having your dad that well, I don't know how long he may have been in prison but how did you think that experience affected you and like your hustle now um it affected me in more ways than one you know just to be quite transparent growing up I did have daddy issues you know mm-hmm. when being a young black woman growing up in society not having that father figure, you try to look for it in men, you know, um, when you grow up. If I could say that there was, the benefits was that I still had a great relationship with my father. He did almost 20 years in prison. And although he wasn't physically present, he was always there sending me books from federal prison and always uplifting and encouraging me. And a lot of my business sense I get from my dad. So my Mm. mom, she likes to play it safe. So my father is the ultimate businessman, and I got a lot of that from him. And I don't take it for granted. And, you know, maybe that is my story. My story was that I wasn't supposed to grow up in a household with two parents. I was supposed to learn life lessons with one parent um, physically there and the other one far away, you know. Um, But I wouldn't take my my upbringing. I I wouldn't change it for the world, like, at all. Like, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't want to change a thing because those are the things that shaped me to be who I am today. Yeah, and I feel like accepting who we are, right? Like we can we can't change our stories. So I think a yeah. lot of us need to accept who we are and use use what made us to help fuel us to the next steps, right? Absolutely. But for you, Pinky, what was the dream as a kid or like what was the dream as a young adult? Like what were you what did you think Pinky would be doing right now? If you can look like the young Pinky, what what did, what was that dream? Young Pinky was telling everybody that she was going to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, as a kid, like all of my friends, like Pinky is so crazy because I'm like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a billionaire. Like, and and now that like it's coming full circle, right? Mm -hmm. Because I look over my life and I look at the things that I used to speak over my life when I was little, and all of those things are coming into fruition. So that just shows me that the power of the tongue is so real. Because as a child, I envisioned that what's happening right now would happen. So literally, this is the imagination realized does that make sense like no that makes sense all the things that I dream and I thought about as a kid that are actually happening every day did I know it was going to come through the vessel of a restaurant absolutely not but I knew that I was great and I knew that I was going to be doing something good but I got a lot of that from the confidence that my mother instilled in me and I'm grateful for that you went originally I think after college you went to Clark Atlanta right um 
I went to the illustrious Clark Atlanta. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you went to LA thinking you were going to be an actor or actress, right? Or work in the industry. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. Um, there's a saying that you want to make God laugh, telling me your dreams. And I think that um, I had intentions to become an actress, but that was really just the universe shifting me and moving me to that location so that I can get connected to the right people to really grow in the space that I'm in. So when I got to Los Angeles, California, I went with a duffel bag, a suitcase, and $250. And um, I wanted to be an actress. You know, I wanted to be in front of the camera. And now, again, full circle, now I'm actually in front of the camera more often than not. Mm-hmm. So when I was in, when I was there, uh, one of my sorority sisters, who was also a mentor, um, she offered me an opportunity to work as a production assistant. And I didn't, I've never gotten an internship in my life. I never had, like, I never did anything like that. And it wasn't my intention to be a producer. Um, but I was really good at it. You know, and being good at it allowed me the opportunity to grow, move from state to state. Um, I worked on a couple of shows. I ended up becoming the producer at the Maury Povich show for about three years. Um, And that's when I opened up my first restaurant, Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant. So, like, I'm happy that it worked out the way that it did, because if it worked out the way that I wanted to, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you. Yeah. And what do you think were some of the biggest lessons that you learned working in the television producing world? I guess early on before Slutty Vegan. So, um, I mean, you know what I mean? Like during those Maury, those Maury times, New York City times, what were the lessons you were learning about business, about yourself? Um, I learned a few lessons. The first one I learned is that no, don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't hurt. And you got to be okay with knowing that no, don't hurt because you're going to get a lot of no's. And when people say no to you, it has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with them. And that's okay. Because there's going to be that one yes that's really going to take you where you need to be. So I learned that along the way. I also learned that nobody cares. Nobody cares that you're tired. Nobody cares that you're emotional. Nobody cares that things aren't looking the way that you want them to look. Get the job done and do what you have to do. And as long as you understand that nothing is personal and it's all business, you'll be a lot better off. And I had to learn that the hard way. So now, you know, in my business now, that is how I move. Because I know that, like, as long as I can take the emotional piece out of it, as a businesswoman, I could get further ahead a lot faster. So tell me about Pinky's Jamaican. Uh, what's the name of it? Pinky's Jamaican and... An American restaurant. How were you able to do that and work a full-time job? Or were you doing it both at the same time? Yep, I did both. Um, and it was hard as hell, I got to be honest. But, you know, being Jamaican, I got to go back to my Jamaican roots. We got a million jobs and I was okay with it. Like, that's all I know. I watch my mother work a lot of jobs. So, I, I, like, I can't just do one thing, right? I'm a hustler. So, mm. I have to have multiple streams. I have to be doing multiple things, finding multiple ways to get money. And and it was a great opportunity for me to get into the culinary space because I love to cook. So, when I opened up the restaurant, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I went to Google and YouTube University, and that was, like, the best thing that I could have ever done because I didn't learn it in school. But when I opened up the restaurant, I had people lined up outside the door. People would come and support wow. me every single day. Another full circle moment there, you know, because um, I wasn't selling food. I was selling an experience and people came and they felt like they were in Jamaica. So I did both for quite a while until I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and then I walked away from the Maury show. And then I focused on the business full time and opened up a second location um, called Pinky's Juice Bar. So I was popping like things were going really well. You know, it was going really well. And then one day um, I had a grease fire at my restaurant. So literally all that hard work, everything that I worked for, all the sacrifices, 
literally went up in smoke, literally and figuratively. Every like you know? it was a total like everything was gone. If if it wasn't completely gone, it was damaged to the point of not being able to repair it. Okay. It was a big realization for me because even though in the physical flesh it was a fire, that was a fire that I needed to put up under my ass to really get to where I wanted to be. And what I wanted to be is to be free from being pigeonholed into a business, you know. So I got an opportunity to work on a TV show in L.A., moved me back to L.A. I was working there. Um, You know, I did very well. And then that show relocated us to Atlanta and while in Atlanta, I was sitting and I came up with this great idea, Slutty Vegan, and the rest is history. So you're in Atlanta. You had this idea for Slutty Vegan. What made you act upon it? Because we all get ideas all the time, right? Like, But what about this idea made you say, Yo, I have to actually put this into motion? And my belly leaped. Mm. You know what I mean when I say that? My belly leaped. Like, I'm an idea machine. So I have a million ideas all the time. Like I could say, if you sit in front of me for 10 minutes, I didn't give you 10 ideas. Like, oh, I got an idea. You should do this. But it was something about slutty vegan that I didn't want to share. And I knew that that was it Mm. because it was such a great idea that I didn't want it. And I I run my mouth. Okay. Like I like to talk to people. So if I'm sharing all of my ideas with people and having no fear that somebody may take my idea, but slutty vegan came around, I'm like, oh, I can't share this one. That is the one that I knew that I had to work on. But I was not thinking big enough because had I been thinking big enough, I would have already been prepared for the amount of popularity that the business has gotten. So here I am coming up with this concept that I only imagined this to be a ghost restaurant turning into one of the biggest brands in America. And I'm like, wow. Like, but how would you that? have prepared? Like, how would you have prepared differently? You know what I mean? Because I feel like, how would you, how would a your approach? Plan? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So you okay. just kind of went running with it once you had the idea. You didn't really yeah. plan things out. Yeah, I didn't. You know, and funny enough, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't plan things out with this one. You know, um, I didn't need to plan now that I look at the big picture because I was already in alignment. The universe was going to do everything that it needed to do. So, I I look at life a lot differently now, right? You can put everything that you want down on paper. That doesn't mean that it's going to be organized. You know what I mean? Like you can Mm -hmm. put everything down. That doesn't mean that it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. So as long as you're in alignment and, and, and the purpose is for you and the vision is for you and it's not for anybody else, the universe is going to align itself to make sure that everything that you want and need in that business is going to make sense and happen. And that's exactly what's happening with Slutty Beacon. Literally, I didn't have a business plan. And as transparent as I am about that, it's actually embarrassing to say, but I say that to say it didn't matter that I didn't have a business plan, but I had the people around me to support me. I had a vision. I believed in myself. And because I believed in myself, anything that I wanted as it related to the business, I didn't have to beg for it, didn't have to borrow, didn't have to steal. It just naturally came to me because it was for me. How do you get in alignment? I think that's something a lot of us are attempting to be a state that we're attempting to be in. Like, what are what are ways that we can get in alignment with our purpose and our passions? Um, I think that one of the first uh, elements of being in alignment is changing your lifestyle, changing how you eat. You can't eat the flesh of a dead animal and expect to be in full alignment. And that's just my opinion. You know, we can argue about that, but it's the truth. Because once you take the flesh of a dead animal out of your body, you gain a level of clarity that's unmatched. Um, That's the first step to alignment. Um, The second step step in alignment is uh, getting clear about your intentions and what you want in life. 
you know how many people don't know what they want? They're just here and existing. And mm-hmm. when you're clear about what you want in life, you are now being able to be in alignment. And thirdly, like focus on something that can make you better. So for me, I call myself a master faster, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always fasting. I'm always trying to find ways to be better. I'm always researching. I'm always studying people who I want to be like or be better than, you know, like I'm always doing that. And that is helping me to focus on the things that I want. Um, and, and, you know, everybody's definition of alignment is, in, is different, but you got to be sure. And when you're sure about who you are and what you want, that is when you can become in alignment. And when you're in alignment and things start moving fast, you don't fall off the roller coaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm thinking yeah. about your journey, like July. It's so funny because you're coming off on your one your one year anniversary of Slutty Vegan, but that's you, crazy. It's yes. just it's like wow. But you actually, it seems like you've been in business for like ten years. You know all the success that you've had. And July 2018, that's when you first started out in your your shared kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. things evolve from that? Well, I started in the shared kitchen and then I had um, one of my good friends. Her name is Deeper now. She sells the best uh, vegan desserts in Atlanta. She posted me on her page and she has a big vegan audience. And do you know when she posted me after that, I had so much people coming to the kitchen to buy food. So much people that I had to either one turn people away and then the owners of the facility told me that I had to like figure something out because it was too many people coming up there. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, after that, it literally just went from zero to 100 real quick. I'm telling you, I didn't expect this. I didn't imagine it. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I'm excited that literally like the levels in which this business grew showed me a lot about life, you know, and 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 how to move in this world and and to know that like Nothing is guaranteed, but everything is guaranteed, if that makes sense. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just went from zero to 100. The page started growing. People started noticing us. And it's not about the food, right? So the food is good. We sell burgers and fries. But it's about the experience. I'm not selling food. I'm selling opinion. Um, People are buying buying into the experience. People want to come to Slutty Vegan because they see other people going to Slutty Vegan and raving and eating this this food and talking about how great of an experience they had in the line. That's what it's about. And because of that, because people fell in love with the story and the experience, this is why 500 people stand outside every single day to buy Slutty Vegan and eat the food. This is why the brand has been so popular because it's been organic, because it's been authentic, it's been raw, and it's something that you've never really seen before. Well, I've never seen any. Uh, have you ever seen anything like this before? Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, never, you know? Especially not Black-owned, right? I feel like, yeah. especially especially within like this iteration of like vegan burgers, maybe if it was some other type of burger where people have like these these short-lived craze, but I feel like this is not even viral. It's like, it's, you know what viral, viral ex- at one point it dies down, but it doesn't right. seem like you guys are dying down. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. You know, the fact that a lot of people were, were like, oh, the line is going to die down. I'm going to come when the line stops. Well, it ain't stopping, you know, it's a good problem to have. And the universe is so good that we're expanding and we're getting multiple locations Mm -hmm. so that we can really grow in a way like the big boys, you know, because once upon a time, think about it as a black woman to own a business that has this much attention, that's 
they can be competing with bigger businesses without all the marketing dollars. I don't have a marketing budget. I don't pay for marketing. I don't spend a dime on marketing. What we use is we use Instagram and we know how to use Instagram really well to get the message and to engage people. And that is what has been working for us. Um, But, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to do that and to teach other people how to do it as well. Mm -hmm. So for other people who have these ideas um, and they're trying to put it into motion, trying to put their dreams into drive, do you feel like the study vegan model is one that's repeatable or it's unique to you all? Because, you know, like what, what advice would you give to somebody who has this idea that makes their heart leap, their stomach leap? Like what what's the first thing you got to do? It has to be something that you naturally. So, OK, before I started Slutty Vegan, I love to cook. And because I love to cook, I love to share the food that I cook with my friends. And because I love to share the food that I cook with my friends, I'm vegan. So I like my friends to eat vegan. A lot of my friends aren't vegan. Right. But I introduced them to this lifestyle, something that they probably wouldn't have been familiar with anywhere else, but they like it. And 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 they start being vegan or they start changing their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The same exact thing with slutty vegan. I'm just doing what I naturally do. Instead, this time I get to make money from it. So my advice to entrepreneurs who want to open up a concept, something that is making their belly leap, it has to be something that's natural to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not going to open up a, a golf facility if I don't even watch golf, if I don't like golf or I don't have a passion for it. It has to be something that you're naturally pas- passionate about. Because that is when where the love comes in. The times when it's hard and you want to give up. When you really love and naturally do something, you won't stop it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so the advice is to just do what you naturally do all the time. And you can make money off that thing. So people say, like, get paid for being who you are. That is exactly what Slutty Vegan is. I'm getting paid to be exactly who I am. And with or without Slutty Vegan, Pinky is the person that's always going to share healthier options, vegan options. I'm always going to talk about veganism to my friends. And now I get to make money doing it. You know, it's funny. I love that you say that because I feel like even personally with me building the Dreams and Drive brand, we have over 200 episodes. And I'm still sometimes like, what? Like, I think sometimes it's hard for us to accept our gift. Like, I would say I love stories, right? I love talking to people about their stories. And it's been and I know that once I fully accept it, like that's part of my purpose. I know the the brand will grow even more. But I think some people have a hard time accepting that. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. mm-hmm. I could I could I'm gonna admit it. I feel like part of me a hundred like part of me is still scared of what could happen if I go f- full full in or full out with the, but you with know the what? idea. That is when you know that you're on the right track. And I just had this conversation the other day. There's something called beautiful fear, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know your potential so much that it scares you. And that is the position. And I'm in that position as well. Like, we know that we have a gift. And we have a gift to share. And when you're on that track of sharing that gift, it is scary as hell. But if it does not scare you, you are not thinking big enough. So you're on the right track. How you feel, every single entrepreneur in America feels like that. And if they say that they don't, they're lying. They're lying. Because even every day, I'm like, whoa, this is huge. Slutty vegan is big. You know what I mean? Like, this is big. Like, whoo, this is a lot. Ooh, my anxiety is kicking in. Woo, can I level up to what, how the world perceives me every day? And I think about those things. And then I'm like, you know what? It's a beautiful fear. And I'm going to overcome this. And I do it every single day. Every single day. 
And then before I know it, I look back and I'm like, wow, the world knows my name. The world knows Slutty Vegan. So so how you feel, I resonate with that because I feel like that too. And I think that's, that is practically, it's normal. Okay. So you don't, you're not weird for feeling that way. It's normal because I, I get the, I get those jitters every day. And if you don't get those jitters, you're too comfortable. Do you, could you ever see yourself going back to the nine to five? And I asked you that because Hell like, no. let me tell nope. you why. So I quit my job. I quit my job full time in, I, I used to work full time up until August of last year. So for the past nine months, I've been building dreams and drive, working on kind of building like my next steps. I saved my money. So I feel like nobody could talk to me because I might ask anybody for money. Right. But lately my Jamaican parents and people, I think well-intentioned people have been coming to me and they're like, Raina, like, you know, it's been nine months. Um, What's going on with dreams? and drive maybe you should get a job and just do it on the side or maybe you should do this and I feel like people sometimes put their they project their own fears onto you and that can affect how you see the dream so how do you filter out other people's opinions on what pinky should be doing it's interesting that you said that because when I first started slutty vegan so many people was like oh the name's slutty like that's not gonna go over well you sure you want to name it that that's a little provocative they're gonna you're gonna have to change the name about and I followed my gut and I listened to my heart because at the end of the day, nobody is going to believe in you more than you. I'll give mm-hmm. an honest example. My own mother, as supportive as she is, she was locked into her own fears and projecting her fears on me. So when I started Slutty Vegan, she wasn't as supportive as I wanted her to be, not because she didn't want to, but because yeah. she didn't have the capacity to. Here you have a Jamaican woman who was the only one that really made it out of her, out of her side, you know what I mean? Out of her, um, yeah. her siblings at the time, um, you know, projecting her fears, maybe, maybe the things that she wanted in life, she didn't get necessarily get to get all those things, but it was her capacity level. It wasn't because she didn't want to support her daughter. She was just projecting her fears on me because she wanted to protect me. So when you have people like that, you got to know that they that their fear is because they love you and it's okay. And, and thank you for loving me, but I got to do what feels right for me. And my father always told me nothing beats a trial, but a failure. Mm. So as long as you continue to try, you cannot fail. So no, to answer your question, I will never go back to a nine to five. If I go back to a nine to five, then I failed literally. And, and, and nothing against people who have a nine to five, but I have one great opportunity here. So now is the time for me to capitalize off this opportunity, make this opportunity work, provide opportunities for other people and capitalize off it. Do do my book, do my products. Something got to hit. Something has to stick. My father said success is like mud. You throw something on a wall, something is going to stick. And as long as something sticks, you'll never have to go back to a nine to five again. And you know what I always say to myself, like, you not going back to a nine to five, it's helping to create a nine to five for somebody who needs it, right? Absolutely. Or someone whose role that is. I don't feel like everyone is a dreamer. Not everyone is an entrepreneur, but the people who are entrepreneurs need to be that for the rest of us. This is a cycle of life. Yeah. They're supposed to be workers. They're supposed to be bosses. There's a, there are some people in the world that are supposed to be workers. That is their divine assignment. Everybody has their divine assignment because if everybody is, it's like the wheel of life. Like how would the wheel of life go around if everybody was an entrepreneur? Right. But, but there are some people and I don't knock those people. There are some people that want that much stability that they don't want to work, that, that they're okay with working a nine to five. You know what I'm saying? Like I know people like that, but I can't knock them. Because that is their vision. And based on their pathology and how they were raised, that is what they know. That is their normal. My normal is entrepreneurship. My normal is knowing that my father was a boss. 
he may have been an illegal boss, but he was a boss. <laughs> yeah. My 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 normal was seeing my mother being a musician and going to gigs with her on the weekends and sitting in the car and waiting for her to finish. To see that like hustle and grind mentality, that is my normal. So because that is my normal, I can't like now that I have the opportunity, I can't go back to working a nine to five. Like absolutely not. And again, it's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not in my it's it's not in the cards for me. <laughs> and I think, you know, I love that you shared that because I definitely feel like there's people who just need some affirmation that it's all right that they feel like this as well. You know what I mean? Sometimes right. you have to share the experience in order to just know, all right, I got this. I got this. Right. But let's talk a little bit more about slutty vegan. Cause I think, you know, a lot of times a lot of us aren't talking about the cost of doing business, right? Like I can definitely imagine open up a restaurant is not cheap. Like what are some <laughs> things along this journey that you realize has been a cost of doing business? Like some just tactical logistical things that you and your team had to work through in order to, in order for slutty vegan to continue to be able to grow. Trademarking my business is expensive as hell. Because you have so many different things that you have to trademark probably, just not yeah. the name. So so it gets pretty pricey. It gets pretty expensive. That's that. Um, payroll is high as a mug. Like, I pay almost $17,000 in payroll every single week. Wow. It's I thought you were going to say month, week. No. Wow. No. It's high. It's very high. Um, but, but that comes with, it's the name of the game. You know, the restaurant industry is... It's a turnover industry, if you know what I mean. Like, here today, gone tomorrow. So now that I'm here, what am I going to do to stay here? And again, that's with the products and all that stuff. But it's very, it's a very expensive business. It's a cash business. It's very expensive. Me, I don't take cash. I only take card. So I got to pay uh, credit card fees. Like, like the, the costs add up. So it's always important to have, like, multiple ways to make money in the business, which is why I'm coming out with the bacon. Um, and I'm coming out with... Um, my secret sauce that I'll be selling. So yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, it's expensive as hell, but what am I going to do to offset a lot of these costs? So what we do is I have a food truck. So we charge a booking fee for the food truck because obviously we bring an audience. So people pay us about $2,000 as a booking fee to just pull the truck up. So that offsets a lot of the cost, but it's expensive. If you, whoever is listening to this, if you want to open up a restaurant, do your research because it is not cheap at all. And you really got to have a love for this kind of industry and this business in order to make it work. So on the flip side, then, although it's not cheap, how have you been able to make money? Like, why do you think you've been able to grow the business? And I guess I would assume be profitable because I get a lot of customers. I get a, I get a lot of customers. Um, I make a lot of money in the business. It's just expensive, you know? Yeah. Now, had I had the same concept and not many people coming through the door, then this would be a whole nother conversation. But because I have a really large audience, it it really helps a lot so that I'm able to see a lot more money. But what I'm doing in the process now is trying to lower my costs, so finding different suppliers so that I don't have to pay as much for the things that I need. You know what I mean? And that, mm-hmm. that will really help me a lot. So how do you view competition? And I, I'll tell, I'll What's be honest. That? No, I was going to say, cause I'll be honest. I haven't like done the research to see like if there's in this market segment in the South, if there's a lot of competition, but let's say there was competition. And for other people who may be in businesses or niches that are saturated, what's your approach to that? I don't know what competition is. Mm. You know why? Because I can't focus on the competition because the minute I start focusing on the competition, I take focus off of Slutty Vegan. And I support all businesses, you know. 
um, I think it's important to show genuine support, even if people aren't supporting you. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't really look at the competition. There, there can be other businesses that are similar, but there'll never be another slutty vegan. And I'm mm. confident about that. They can, they can be a business that has lines down the street and out the door. But slutty vegan and the experience that we've curated and created for these people, I I don't see that. And I don't know that I will see that. And I'm not looking, you know, because I'm just focused on what's in front of me. And that's me blocking out all of the noise. And And that's why I feel like I have a great opportunity to do what I do every single day. Because I'm really get to focus on the business and how to make the business better. Because the better that I make the business, the less competition there is, if there is any. So, um, one one of the things when we when we talked, I think a few months ago, you talked about um for the 2019 Super Bowl how you were presented with an opportunity to then, but you ended up saying no. Can you talk to us about that and why it's so important to be all right with saying no sometimes? Yeah. So they wanted me to change the name, and initially I was with it, like because this was like my first big opportunity and they wanted me to, to take off the word slutty. And I'm like, okay. So, so we'll I just came. be vegan. <laughs> what would it, it was like, it was like vegan, vegan or something. And then after a while they said that another big company was a sponsor and they wanted me to change the name again. And I was just like, you know what? It's not worth it. Like it's not worth compromising my business. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned in business. Like, because this is how I am in my personal life. I don't waver. How I'm talking to you is how I talk to everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, have that same attitude in my business because you're not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. You know, like people may think that the word slutty is derogatory, but it has nothing to do with sex. If you really like read about the story, nothing to do with sex, but either people are going to love you or they're going to leave you alone. But the people that want you and to support you, they're going to come. The people that need you, they're going to come. The people that want you to be a part of what they got going on, they're going to come. And you don't have anything to worry about. And I'm so grateful that I don't waver anymore because because I don't waver, I get so many more opportunities in the business. And it's just an amazing feeling to know that I could just the business can be itself and still grow. Yeah. And you know what I like about Sunny Vegan, too, is that you are exposing people who wouldn't have who don't normally eat healthy and showing them that there are ways that they can eat healthy and it still take tastes good, right? Why was why is that so important to you as a founder? Well, it's important. Um, a lot of black people are not familiar with veganism. <laughs> Talking to a lot of the customers, this is really like their first time like having vegan food. If I could count, if I could tell you how many people told me like, are fries vegan? Oh, I've never had vegan food. Like, so to be able to help people reimagine food is the biggest blessing of all of this. Forget the money, forget the fame, forget all of that, forget the celebrity, forget forget that. But to be able to help people to reimagine food and to see food differently and to know that it's okay to eat food that tastes good and it doesn't have to come from the flesh of an animal shows me that I'm doing something right, especially black people. Because let's keep it a buck. Society believes that black people only stand in line for cell phones and Jordans. So to see black people stand in line, one, to support, because they think the black people don't support anyway, support each other, mm-hmm. to support a black owned business, to support in getting a healthier alternative to food and to gain a good experience and disconnect from their phone is just a win, 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 you know? So to be able to be like the vessel to do that, this is a like I tell people all the time, the revolution will be veganized. Like <laughs> we are helping people transition. So my audience, though, I want to be clear, is not the vegan. The audience is the meat eater because we want to help them 
to see food in a different way and to be able to transition to a plant-based lifestyle. And that is the goal. And I think that we achieve that goal every single day when we open those doors at 4 p.m. and when we close at midnight. Have you always been a vegan? Well, I've been vegan for five years. I stopped eating meat in 2007. Um, So I became vegetarian in 2007. But again, growing up in that Rastafarian household, all we ate was fish. My mother didn't eat meat. We couldn't bring pork in the house, so I never eaten pork. Um, I marinated in the womb of a vegetarian, mm. which I'm happy about. I, I'm happy. This is the clearest that I've ever been in my life being vegan. It's not always a healthy vegan and I'm getting better. However, being vegan is a lot better than, um, you know, eating dead animals. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing I want to say, cause I feel like sometimes I think people need to do their research. Like no matter what, like you just said, sometimes you can be an unhealthy vegan too. Cause it might be hard in the beginning to figure out what's the best food type to eat and all that stuff. So definitely do your research people. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you though, is I think it's just because it's been in the news, um, with impossible burgers, right? Um, like what would you say, like, how do you navigate that when like partners of yours might be under fuel? Like, is that something that you work with or something that like affects you as well? This is as transparent as I'll be with this, but um, I sell a lot of different items on my menu. Impossible is one of them. Um, And there's been a lot of uh, controversy about the Impossible Burger and Impossible has been in the news. Um, But as a business, it's my responsibility to make sure that I have a diverse menu so that people can come and still maintain. I think a lot of what is put in the news is false information, not 100% accurate. So people just always have to do their research. Impossible yeah. is, a, is a great company. Um, it's an honor to be able to work with them um, and to have a personal relationship with them. And I love what they're doing. What they're doing is they're helping the ecosystem, you know. Yeah. Um, and I love the popularity that they've gained from Slutty Vegan. And I, I love everything that they have going on. Um, and, you know, they 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 are a growing business just like Slutty Vegan is, you know. So there's ebbs and flows. So you got to move with what you got. Um, and as they grow, we grow. And as we grow, they grow. Um, but I do have a lot of other different items on the menu, which I'm excited about. And I'm also rolling out some new items, um, a seafood salad sandwich and a chicken sandwich and a fish sandwich, which is pretty cool because now people get other options outside of just cheeseburgers and fries. Yeah, that is really dope. And um, I feel like what I love about your story is all the different revenue streams, right, that you're creating. Like you said, you have a book coming out, you have bacon, you have you have your speaking tour. Why is that important? How can other entrepreneurs figure out like the revenue streams they can create from the big idea? Because, girl, I got to get this money. <laughs> no, um, it's important because like if you're an entrepreneur, I always tell people this, like, Get that one thing to where you need it to be. Mm-hmm. And then that one thing will be able to support all the other things that you want to do. I don't like to stay still. Like today, I just looked at a property. I'm about to open up another concept in a few months, um, which is a secret. I'll tell you that offline. You know, I'm I'm just excited of everything about everything that I have going on. I just got to keep the ball rolling. I've learned from the greats, like the greatest people in the world, the most uh the richest people, the most wealthiest people don't just stop at one thing, you know, but they made sure that that first thing is on a hundred. And then once that thing is on a hundred, then they, you know, do other things. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I love, I'm doing literally what I love to do anyway. I love to talk to people, you know, I-, I love to write. I love to teach people. So the book is just viable. So like having multiple streams of income guarantee 
that God forbid if something happens in Department A, you still over here good in Department C. Yep. Because you know you're not going back to no nine to five, right? Okay, because I'm not <laughs> going back to no goddamn going nine to five. <laughs> Um, I feel like momentum is something that you're really big on, right? Making sure that you don't lose that momentum. Why? How do you think our dream drivers can make sure they're building off momentum that's coming from their dreams being realized? Momentum is a tricky thing, right? When you get people's attention, it's one thing to get it. It's another thing to keep it. So in keeping people's attention, you have to be innovative. You got to know what they want, what they're looking for. You got to be able to engage people, especially if, you have if you have a um a business where you are um selling something right you just always have to be innovative and knowing how to keep the customer and be authentic people love authenticity that's what i'm learning about business they love it you know and as long as you're authentic with the people and and keep them in tune and abreast of everything that's going on you'll never have an issue if you did spend money on marketing because i know you said that you don't have a marketing dollars in your budget what would you spend it on what would I spend it on billboards? You think they still work? Like, I don't know. Like, do they still work? I think they do. I would spend it on billboards, but I wouldn't do like, come to slutty vegan. I would do billboards about like, Oh, so you eating that shit like that. (laughs) Like things that are more like informational or teaching people. Yeah, but in your face, like raw, like really bro. Like you still eat meat like that. Like that is, and that's actually what I was thinking about doing because I want people to know that, veganism isn't one of those things like how it used to be where it's like, oh, it's in your face. I'm going to smack you in your face with it, make you feel uncomfortable. No, I'm going to meet people where they at. So if I do billboards, yo, what's up? You still eating chicken? Boo. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) making people feel like, yo, this pose is crazy, but it's going to resonate with you because it's in your face. It's like a slap in the face, but so much where it makes you laugh, but it makes you think. Yeah, and then they'll go and be like, hmm, what are the benefits of not eating meat? Or what, you know, what is the slutty vegan? So I feel like that's really innovative. Uh, you can right. open up the slutty vegan uh, idea agency, marketing agency. People could just pay you to give them some ideas. Yeah. Pinky, what's a personal trait of yours that you feel like is both a blessing and a curse? I'm a perfectionist. Um, it's a blessing because I, I want things to always be great. The curse is, is that I know that things can't always be great. And and a lot of times, being transparent, I'll beat myself up about it. Um, but the perfectionist in me wants it to be right. So I'm going to make sure that things are right if I can handle it. More of a blessing than a curse. You know, it's amazing that you're a perfectionist, but still you're able to scale so fast, right? Like you, yeah. I feel like you will still allow the momentum. You still allow things to to go because if i was a perfectionist i'll probably we probably still be in the test kitchen like testing out the recipes right (laughs) that part okay and i have my moments you know but luckily i have good people around me like my store manager she and i are very close her name is maisha she's also the chef in the business so like she'll help to snap me out of it if i'm like oh no i don't want to do this so it's important to have really good people around you um to kind of like keep you leveled you know, and I have people that are yes men around you because that'll really make all the difference to get you out of that like warp that you get in, especially if you're a perfectionist. Who are important people on your team that you're the slutty vegan brand? Like you need these people in order to keep it running. Like the type of roles. I sh- that's what I'm, I'm talking about. Like roles that are really important. My general manager, his name is Larry. Um, I need him. My brother who makes the sauce for every single burger. 
he's probably one of the most important. Like he plays the background, but he's probably one of the most important people mm-hmm. in the business um, because he makes the sauce every single day. And, you know, food is energy. So however he's feeling is going to reflect in the sauce. Yeah. Um, and the secret is in the sauce. You know what I mean? Like nobody comes to the restaurant. You're not really going to see anybody getting a burger if it doesn't have the sauce with it. You know what I mean? Maisha, of course, was my store manager. She is literally like my right hand. I'm with her all the time. So she supports me in every decision that I make. Uh, who? Oh, my assistant, Angel. She's amazing. She's an angel. <laughs> she, no, she is really an angel. She pays all of the bills, personal and professional. She uh, she makes sure that my life is in order. Um, and she's just the truth. Karina is my booking director. Um, she makes sure that all the um, booking events are like on point. Um, but those are like the main the main key ingredients to my puzzle every single day and making sure that like whatever I need, I have it. Those are the people that make that happen. Being a black woman in the food industry, like what have you seen or what what have you noticed about what it what it takes to succeed? Or do you ever feel like people look down on you or, you know, are doubting that you'll be able to really keep this for this longevity going? I think at first they did. But now they don't. I'm in the room. You know what I mean when I say that? I am in the room. Before I was knocking on the door like, yo, let me in. <laughs> now I'm in that room. Actually, it's my room that I'm in. Mm. Did that make sense? Like, it's my room. And I've been trying all my life to get my own room. And I finally got it. And it feels so damn good. So I, there's not like I can pick up the phone and call who I need to call because it's my room. So I encourage and urge every entrepreneur to get your room because when you get your room like you call the shots you don't have to worry about because i'm black i can't get this or because no when it's your room you can get whatever you want and that's just my own personal experience everybody else may be different but because i'm in my room i get the things that i want and looking out the window from your room pinky where do you see room for innovation for others to create their room within the food industry well that's why i'm here because i'm going to help people get their room because it's no fun if i'm winning by myself yeah. You know, so I make it my business to make sure that the people around me can get their own room, you know, and, and trying to figure out ways to help them to get their room. I need to do an episode about, oh, I should write a book about getting your room. See, this is my <laughs> idea. Like, own your room. Because literally, with all the success, like, I want the people around me to win too and have their own room. And if everybody pays it forward like that, the people who are really truly wanting to be entrepreneurs, can walk in their space and have their dreams realized all of the time. How long do you think it's too long to stay in somebody else's room? Right. Cause I do think it's important in the beginning, like, you know how you had all these experiences where you were learning from other people, but when, like, when do you think people need to transition out of being professional roommates? If that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, you know, every, I feel like it's different for everybody. Um, you know, I feel like it's different for everybody. You know, you haven't been working on a job and just one day you just wake up like, I'm not happy. I can't be here. Like you and somebody yeah, else. That's room. why I quit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause you were ready to get out and do your own and have your own room. And guess what your room is? This podcast. That's your yeah. room. You know what I mean? But you felt it. You, when you quit and was like, you know what? This ain't it no more. And you've learned everything that you learned. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the lessons. But now it's time for me to get my own room. And and now the space that you're in, your room may not be fully decorated, but guess what? It's yours. Yep. 
And that's why I get I get so, you know, that's why I have to keep building myself up when people are like, hey, maybe you should do, you know, girl, you are right in that room. Like, you know, they're knocking on it. They're like, I could. It sounds pretty hollow in here. Like you got furniture yet, but you have to just be confident that although you may not have the furniture, although you may not, you might just really only have a room. Right. You might be sleeping on the floor, but it's your room. It will be. It might be concrete, too. (laughs) Okay, but it's your room. You probably ain't got no blankets. But guess what? It's your room. Yep. And the best feeling in the world is when you can call the shots in your room. Take your shoes off when you come to my room. You know what I'm saying? Like, clean up after yourself when you come to my room. It's your room. And everybody deserves to be in their room, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Everybody deserves to be in their room. So what's next for Pinky? What's next for Slutty Vegan? There are a lot of things. I will be at Essence Festival. Congrats. Thank you. On three stages. Okay. Mama made it. Um, And the food truck will also be in a Superdome. So I'm excited about that. Um, Again, the book is coming out. Um, I'm in talks about doing a TV show uh, because people think that I'll be interesting on TV. (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty much it. And expanding. I'm opening three locations this year. So there's a lot of great things happening. It's a lot. But, you know, I'm ready for the ride. Is there anything that's making you nervous about the future? No, because when you stay ready, you ain't never got to get ready. And again, it goes back to that beautiful fear. I'm always thinking like, whoa. But at the end of the day, like, what is for me is for me. Like, and no matter how I feel or what I think about, the universe has already aligned this path for me. And I'm, I, I just got to stay ready. And whenever you stay ready, everything is going to happen how it's supposed to. All right. So last question, Pinky, just because I feel like you probably have a lot of resources, a lot of tools that you could share. What are some of your favorite business tools, business resources, business books even um, that you'd recommend to our audience today? Google. You know, a lot of what I learned, I didn't learn in a book, Mm. you know, which is interesting because I'm like creating my own language for business. Like this is totally unconventional. Slutty Vegan is unconventional. We've never seen anything like this. It's off the rip. Like, you know, it's different. So the business resources, I would just say that the Internet is your friend. I use the Internet for a lot of stuff, you know, Think and Grow Rich is a great book. But I would definitely say the Internet, like hands down, 100 percent. Anything you want to know, you have the Internet at your fingertips. So if you're a researcher like me, you research everything. Literally, I could be having a conversation and somebody say something that I don't understand. I'm Googling it because I want to know what it means. And I want to know. I, w- I want to be able to be versed in a conversation. But for any entrepreneur, just know what you're talking about. And even for me, I'm talking to myself, too. There's certain times I'm on the phone with my attorneys and with my financial advisors, and they're talking about things that I don't understand. And that don't feel good to me because y'all are talking about my business, and I don't know what y'all are talking about. Okay, hold on. I'll be right back. And I go to the Internet, and I learn about what I need to talk about. And then I get back, and I can be versed in a conversation. So for any entrepreneur out there, if you're listening to this, the internet is your friend. Don't let people believe, tell you that the internet, you can't get, you can get whatever you want off of YouTube. I YouTube everything. Okay. And you can see Recipe. how it's done. Like it, that's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. Everything. Okay. So thank you. Whoever created Google. Thank you. Instagram, <laughs> thank you. YouTube. Thank you. Because these companies have really helped me to grow in business. You know, to be a dream driver, Pinky, you have to have your keys to success. So can you tell me three things that you think every dream driver needs in their toolkit before they hit the road? Fearlessness. That's number one. Don't be afraid of shit. Okay? I'm not scared of nothing. I don't care. I don't care if I'm in front of a billionaire. I'm not scared of nobody and I'm not scared of nothing. And as long as you are fearless, 
then you can win any, you can conquer anything that you want to conquer. So that's tool number one. Tool number two is being consistent. People love consistency. As long as you're consistent in your business as an entrepreneur and whatever you're doing, people are going to eventually adapt. Now, if you're not consistent today, you got this tomorrow, you ain't got this or today you're doing this and then tomorrow you switch it up. People are like, all right, you are not sure. You're not clear on what you want. But as long as you're consistent, everything that you want, you will get. And thirdly, um, protect your energy. That's the last one. Put that in the toolbox. Protect your energy. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you are met with so much different levels of energy, good, bad, and indifferent. You got people that are rooting and supporting you. Then you got the people that's haters, that don't, that don't believe in your dream or are projecting their own fears. And then you got the people that's just like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But you got to make sure that you protect your space and energy because it's that energy that's really going to help you focus on your business and growing. And if your energy is polluted and if your energy is toxic, then you can't work at your full potential. So that's what I would say. Put that in the toolbox and go to work. Well, thank you so much, Pinky. This has been such an amazing time talking to you. Can you tell our dream drivers where they can find you, Slutty Vegan, online? If they want to check out the restaurant the next time they're in Atlanta, let us know the links. Okay, absolutely. So if you want to just hear me run my mouth on my page, <laughs> go to Pinky907. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinky907. Um, Facebook, it's Pinky Cole. But if you want to get sluttified, make sure you come down to Slutty Vegan ATL. Our website is sluttyveganatl.com. Our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter handles are Slutty Vegan ATL. Again, it's Slutty Vegan ATL, um, or you can hashtag Sluttified, and you can find all the information about us. If you are in the Atlanta area, make sure that you come and stand in line. We're excited to see you. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to get you Sluttified, and we're looking forward to you having a great experience. And I'm just thankful that you, you know, took the opportunity to even have me on your podcast because things like this just make me know that we're doing something right, and I'm proud of you and what you got going on. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to what your podcast has in the future. And I can imagine it being the number one podcast in the country because I'm putting it out there already. Thank you. I need that energy. I need that energy. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. So that's a wrap for episode 204 with Pinky. I hope you enjoyed hearing her dream driving journey as well as her keys to success. And right now, guys, if you were inspired by this episode, the best thing you could do is share it with someone else. Please, please, please text it, email it, post it on your Instagram stories, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get social. Just share this with your community because I really feel like Pinky was just so real and really was genuine about what it takes in order for us to realize our greatness and to maximize our potential. So please, please, please share this. Remember, you can find us all across social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreams and Drive. And you can also use the hashtag Dreams and Drive when sharing and searching as well. If you aren't already on our newsletter list, the keys, it goes out once a week. You can join by visiting dreamsanddrive.com slash join. And wherever you're listening, make sure that you are subscribed to the Dreams and Drive channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. 
Those ratings and reviews really matter, and I read them all. I check it every week, so I would love to read your review or next week's episode. So if you want to hear your review of the Dreams and Drive podcast read live, just go to Apple Podcasts, search Dreams and Drive, and then click on Write a Review, and it's really easy from there. A few notes. Remember, we do have a Dreams and Drive bookstore. So if you want to check out some of my favorite books, you can just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash bookstore and you'll get a complete list there. And if you want to check out our Dreams and Drive shop, where we have Dreams and Drive gear available as well as email templates and stuff like that. Just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash shop. I really enjoy speaking with you and sharing our guest stories every week. So make sure you're tuned in for our next episode. All right. Keep dreaming, keep driving, and we'll chat again in episode 205. Bye, guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.